Thank you, Elizabeth, and uh, I want you to bow your heads. Thank you. I, I was just informed uh, that Ronnie Owens, Ronnie is an evangelist that is a dear friend of not just me, but the church, has suffered a stroke. So we're going to pray for him. Boy, uh, what a good song to lead us to that, amen? So let's pray. God, we are grateful today that, uh, that you love us and you care about us. And we thank you for brothers and sisters in Christ who can pray for us. Lord Jesus, we lift up our brother Ronnie Owens, man alive, of how we love him. Uh, the guy who calls me in the middle of the day out of nowhere, just telling me he's praying for me in Camden. So, Lord, I lift up Ronnie, wherever he's at, whatever hospital he's at. I pray for his wife, Robin, and ask that you will touch him, that you will use doctors to do that, give him wisdom. I pray for his girls and ask that you would help him through this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. I want you to take your Bible this morning and turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 6. The Gospel of John chapter 6. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, boy, God did just bless in the early. And I want us to be reminded that worship is a choice you make. So when we come together on Sunday mornings, we can do one of two things. We can go through the motions, or we can ask a living God to do it again in our spirits. Amen? Amen. And I praise Him for that. You know, there are two things in life that are really disappointers. Here's the first one. Going to the refrigerator in the evening to get milk for that bowl of cereal before you retire. You say, Brother Greg, why, why do you do that? I do that. Why do you do that? Because my dad did that. Only to open a refrigerator and find out that the expiration date has come and gone. And I don't know what it is about me, but when that happens, Stephanie, I unscrew it and smell it. And I'm wondering, is, is that sour or is that like the plastic? I'm not sure. That's disappointing. Here's another disappointer. I think I'll fix a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Only to open the loaf of, or, or discover you don't have any bread or open it to discover it's bad well this morning it is my privilege to preach a message on bread that never gets old and that is the Lord Jesus Christ is there any satisfied customers this morning in the bread of life amen you know they say they say the gospel evangelism is one beggar telling another beggar where he found bread and I'm telling you that the bread of life wants to not only take over your life, but he wants you to understand that he will meet your every need and sustain your every need the rest of your life on into eternity. Now, how important do you think something is? First of all, if it's included in the Word of God, amen, it's important. How important do you think it is to be mentioned four times by every gospel writer, and that is the feeding of the 5,000. 
And as we look at this story this morning, I beg you to not sit here and think that you've heard everything possible that this passage can be about. But I'm asking God to teach us a new truth, and I believe he will if we're willing. Amen? If we're willing. So in John chapter 6, we begin with John's account of the feeding of 5,000. After these things, after what things? Jesus was on the move. He's, he called his disciples. He's teaching. He's, he's ministering. After these things, uh, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. If, if you're looking at a map and this is the Sea of Galilee, my hand, I believe Tiberias is on the western side. Okay? That a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and he, there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near, and Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that we may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Aren't you glad of that? Philip answered him, 200 denarii, uh, about two-thirds of a year's wages are not sufficient that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was so much grass in that place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. All four Gospels record that. Matthew's Gospel says, besides women and children. So folks, when we talk about the feeding of the 5,000, it's not even close to that. It's much higher. Verse 11. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. Circle that, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who has come into the world. Lord, have your way. Thank you for the word. Thank you for being the bread of life. Help us to understand it clearly in our hearts today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I really believe that the theme of this chapter is the bread of life. When you look at what Jesus does physically, it's a picture that points to what he wants to do spiritually. Now you might be here today and say, God has certainly provided for me. 
God certainly has given me daily bread and meets our needs, but maybe you're a person here who has seen God meet your physical needs, but you've never trusted him with your spiritual needs. You, you don't recognize the importance of him being the bread of your life. Now, when you look at this chapter, I want you to follow along with me. Okay, get your Bible up in your hands. You ready? Look at verse 35. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Look at verse 41. The Jews complained about him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. Now, here's where the Jews had an issue with Jesus, is when he claimed to be God. So when he talks about being the bread of life, they're thinking only God can say that. Folks, at that point, they had it right. Only God could say that. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Look at verse 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. Listen to me. For God so loved the world. You can put your name right there. That Jesus Christ died for you. And until you realize you need a Savior, you're going to have a hard time accepting forgiveness. And the Bible tells us that we're all in the same boat. We're sinners. Have you ever been in a sinking boat? The first time I ever went fishing with my own boat, I learned a valuable lesson. It's important where you put the plug. Oh, man, we pushed off at uh, Houston Woods. Roy was with me. And he said, Captain, Captain, my feet are getting wet. And I said, Roy, I don't know what it is. You know when... You, when, you, know when, uh, when you don't know the answer, how easy it is for some of us to just get defensive. I don't know what it is. And we started paddling back to the dock. And by the time we got back, we were like ankle deep in water. We tied it up. We pulled it up on the trailer. Water's running everywhere. And I began to look at the drain plug. And I had the drain plug not in the drain hole under the water. I had the drain plug above the water line. Let me say that again. Folks, there was no way we weren't going to sink. And I'm telling you that if you're here today and Jesus Christ is not your Lord and Savior, you're in a sinking ship. You're in a sinking ship. You'll say, well, you go ahead and say that, Brother Greg, but I'm man-made. Uh, we've got our house paid off. We've got a big bank account. We've never borrowed money from anybody. We don't need anybody and anything. Let me tell you, you need Jesus Christ. We're not talking about the bread of this earth. We're talking about salvation, and we're talking about eternity, and we're talking about forever in a place called heaven for those who know Jesus. Amen? Now, it doesn't end there. Look at chapter 8, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Look at chapter 10, verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. Look at verse 9. 
I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. Look at chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Look at verse 14. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and am known by my own. Are you glad of that? Are you glad of that this morning, that when you gave your life to Christ, he hasn't forgotten you? That your name has been written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus knows who you are. You know, we, we were on vacation with a million of our closest friends. And I thought, Lord, get me back to State Route 127. Get me back to that little town called Camden where very few people even know it exists. Hey, let me tell you something. Jesus knows your name. You may say, Greg, he doesn't know about my life. He doesn't know about, uh, about the things I'm going through. Oh, yeah, he does. As a matter of fact, he knows you better than anybody. Let's get, let's get a little closer to home. Denny, he loves you more than anybody. That's the Jesus we're talking about. That's the bread of life we're talking about. But it doesn't end there. Look at chapter 11, verse 25. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? I love that. John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father except by me. Jesus said, I will show you how you can go to heaven. And it comes by way of the cross. Chapter 15, verse 1. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. You know what I see in the book of John? I see that Jesus is reminding us that he's everything we need. He's everything we need. And the Bible says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches. According to his riches. Go back to chapter 6. Bread that never gets old. Here's what I love about this story and the feeding of the 5,000. Here's the first thing. Jesus gives us, oh, Amber, I am sorry. Hold on. I have failed. Everybody good? Okay. All right. For those of you here, thank you for your grace. For those of you watching, you have no clue what I'm talking about, so that's okay. Here's the first thing I want us to look at. The opportunity that Jesus gives to respond. Well, what do you mean, Greg? Verse 5, Jesus lifts up his eyes. He sees this great multitude coming toward him. And he says to Philip, where shall we buy bread that they may eat? It's almost as if Jesus is asking Philip for advice. It might seem like an odd request. But Jesus knew Philip. He knew the disciples. He knew everyone on the hillside. He knew the families that were gathered that day. Jesus had the answer, but he gave Philip an opportunity to respond. Now, how many of us, by the show of hands, believe that God knows everything? Okay, about everybody. How many of us, by show of hands, believe that God has the power to do anything? Okay. Well, if that's true, and we believe it is, 
then God could drive all of us to our knees anytime he wanted to to worship him. He could drive us to our knees. He could drive us to the ground. But he chooses to let us respond to his love. Okay? That would be like, let me use you married couples. When I would advise you not to say this or do this. On your wedding day, you said, okay, Brother Greg, I want you to use that part about submission. And uh, I want her to be reminded that I'm going to make her love me. She's going to love me. Oh, no, if you, if, you, if you haven't decided that before you're making your vows, if you really love somebody, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. God could do that. But what God decided to do was let you and I respond to his love to receive it, to say yes to it. Let me tell you something, folks. Listen, you don't go to heaven by default. You don't go to heaven because you're a good person. You don't go to heaven because you go to a church or teach a class or preach or a pastor at church. You only go to heaven because you've received the bread of life. You've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And he gives us an opportunity in this thing called life to respond. Aren't you glad of that? He gives us an opportunity to respond. Here's something else that we see in the passage. The Bible says he knew himself what he would do. So it wasn't like he was wringing his hands wondering, what, how am I going to come up with, with this fast meal? Man, I've seen Renee whip some meals up quick with people coming over that she didn't know. And she just makes it happen. Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't have to look in the refrigerator and wonder what he's got. He has the answer, but he does something else. In this passage, he chooses to use Philip. Do you know that Philip is referred to, I believe, as an evangelist? God did some unique things in Philip's life. He asked the question, where should we buy bread and that these may eat? And Philip said, well, you know, Lord, that Camden no longer has a grocery store. I guess we'll run up to Dollar General and see how much they've got. No, he didn't do that. The Bible says, he said to test him, verse 6, for he himself knew what he would do. I love this. Verse 8, one of his disciples, Andrew Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, you ready? There's a lad. If I'm not mistaken, I think John is the only one that refers to a lad. He said, there's a lad. He's here. He has five barley loaves and two small fish. I mean, but what's that among so many? Here's the second thing I want to teach us this morning. One of his disciples, there's just something about Andrew that teaches us to look for things that God wants to use from other people. Look for gifts. Look for signs. We may, we may think about that in the life of a loved one, a, re, a relational person. Somebody's close to our life. Maybe we work with them, see them every day. I mean, Andrew had already learned something about sharing and receiving. Look at chapter 1, book of John. Chapter 1, 
all the way down, look at verse, uh, let's just start verse 35. Again, the next day, John stood with two of his disciples, John the Baptist, and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, What do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say, Teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying and remained with him the day. And that was about the tenth hour. And one of the two who heard Jesus speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Verse 41. He first found his own brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah. Go ahead and go back to chapter 6. You see, Andrew and Peter, as brothers, recognize the importance of sharing and receiving, of giving and taking. I want to encourage you this morning, I'm going to give you an assignment. And that is, this week, contact the person or the persons who have been instrumental in you coming to Christ. You'll say, well, Brother Greg, my, the pastor that was my pastor is gone. Can you think of some people who were there? And I want you to thank them that they were willing to share with you. Folks, aren't you glad of this in the life of First Camden? Aren't you glad as we get ready to, to share the 70th anniversary August 22nd, it's hard to believe it's bearing down on us quick now that we're going to celebrate 70 years of ministry. We're going to have Ronnie Floyd preaching. We're going to have one service at 1030. There's not going to be any Sunday school that day. Do you hear me? One service, 1030. We're going to pack it out. Ronnie Floyd's going to preach. After the message, we're going to have a great meal on the grounds. After the meal, we're going to come back here and have a more personal service and reflect and thank God and sing and praise the Lord and hear testimony to what he has done. Aren't you glad that this church has the legacy of godly Bible-preaching pastors? Praise God for that. Somebody has to share. I mean, Andrew teaches us to look for those God wants to use. Now, if you're in this room and you're fifth grade or younger, I'm going to ask you to come and stand with me right now on the floor. Come on. Attaboy. Attaboy, Gunner. Way to lead the way. Okay. So right field is the old section, I see. Okay. Come on, Eli. Come on, right here. Come across. Okay, come across. We're going to act like you're my football team. Come on, come on, slide in tight, slide in tight, come on, all right. So you're a good-looking football team, huh? Give them a good hand. Okay, okay, what's that, what's that? You're up here talking, what, what? You're the only kid over there. Maybe you should move somewhere because that seems to be an old section. Okay, Listen, look at me, look at me. Okay, I'm the quarterback, okay? Here's what this story means. The Bible called the boy a lad. It means young child. Okay? So I would refer to all of you standing here as young children. Would you refer to that, church family? Okay. Here's what the Bible says. That God used a lad that Andrew spotted, 
that has brought his lunch that day. Now, how many of you standing here have ever had your mom or dad or grandma or grandpa or guardian pack you a lunch? Okay, so some of you don't eat. No, or, or maybe at school or make you a sandwich or something like that, right? Five loaves, two fish. Man, five big loaves of Wonder Bread and two big old tilapia. Tilapia, by the way, is the number one fish, I believe, in the Sea of Galilee. If you ever tour there, you'll have a tilapia meal somewhere. No, no. Five loaves of bread. You ready for this? They were small, very small. And the fish, you may not know what these are, but were probably more like sardines. Sardines, a little stinky fish. Okay? So it wasn't much. And, and Andrew says, hey, there, there's a kid here. There's a kid here with her lunch. There's a boy here that has his lunch. What a joke. Jesus says, sit down. Give me what you got. Okay, here's what I want you to remember. Okay, everybody looking at me? Here we go. Look, look, look. When you give Jesus what you got, he'll always give you more than you can give. Okay, okay, huddle in here. Come around, come around. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you. Here's what I'm gonna, I want you to remember this the rest of your life. If God can use a kid like that, why can't he use you? You can go back to your seats. Give him a good hand. When you give Jesus what you've got, he will always give you more than you can give. That's the good news of the gospel. Now, I do believe it's interesting, to my knowledge, that John's the one who identifies him as a lad. Otherwise, we wouldn't have known it was a kid. But I believe that principle is true for you and me as adults. A willing heart, an open hand, a childlike faith. God can do anything if you're willing to give it to him. I mean, anybody want to say amen to, to a life that has been redeemed by the cross of Calvary? Only by the grace of God. The Bible says in Luke chapter 6, Give and it will be given to you good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That's what God does. And then in verses 10 through 14, he gives them instructions. He says, sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down, likewise the fish, as much as they wanted. So when they were filled, he said to the disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, circle this, so that nothing is lost. So that nothing is lost. Brothers and sisters, I am grateful this morning that Jesus not only knows what we need today, he knows what we need tomorrow. Gather up everything. Because I'll not only take care of you today with bread that will never go bad, but I'll take care of you tomorrow. And I want to tell you something, because God will take care of us tomorrow, 
some of us that are believers here today ought to be sleeping better than we're sleeping meaning that we worry now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stand up here and act like I don't worry about stupid stuff I mean I'm not gonna act like I never go to bed and dream about seeing some of your faces but the truth is when I recognize who Jesus is and what he's done for me and that he not only will take care of me today but he will take care of me tomorrow I should be able to lay my head down and rest better than than I am does that make sense he gives them instructions gather the fragments and get it all Philippians 419 Paul says my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches verses 20 through 22 through 26 he continues to show us this miraculous life walking on the sea verse 26 Jesus answered them and said most assuredly I say to you you seek me not because you saw the signs but because you ate of the loaves and were filled do not labor for food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him Jesus is saying you're seeking me still for an earthly reason when you really ought to be seeking me for the answer to everlasting life I want to ask you this morning are you seeking Jesus do you realize you need to be saved Christian are you growing as a believer do you need forgiveness this morning I know I do Jesus knows our intentions and he knows our motives and he looks into our heart and he still loves us more than anybody that's the bread of life we're talking about today number four earthly bread is consumed or it spoils one of the two Jesus never gets old amen now when you continue to look at this closing of of this section in Scripture Let's look at verse 28 and keep going. Then they said to him, What shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in him who sent you. Therefore they said to him, What sign will you perform then that we may see it and believe you? What work will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always. Number five, we need to be reminded where our bread comes from. We need to be reminded where our bread comes from and brothers and sisters in Christ this morning uh, I want you to recognize that God loves you Jesus died for us amen he was buried he rose from the grave so that we could be forgiven and he says you can have the bread of life that'll never get old now we had we played a little game in the first service and we'll see if it goes any better in the second um, I grew up 
I mean, I'm just a few years younger than Marcia, and, and I grew up, uh, that's not true, that's not true. You know, I grew up in the day. I mean, I, lo- I, lo- I still like 70s music. Uh, they played a lot of that last night. It was, it, to hear the Air Force Band, that was pretty neat. And I want you to think back to some songs. Now listen, I need some participants. That a song that back when you were in junior high, high school, that was just like the greatest song that, that you remember, like you still think about that song from the day. Anybody want to be a volunteer? Okay, I'll start here. I heard one back there. Ron, Ron, Ron said, The Lion Sleeps Tonight. Now, that's a great song. Okay, Margaret, what'd you say? Okay, Taking Care of Business from Bachman Turner, Turner Overdrive. I'm familiar with that song. Uh, the first song mentioned this morning was Stairway to Heaven. And it was, it's not a spiritual tune, folks. Got news for you. Starts off in a nice ballad and ends up with a hard jamming guitar solo. Um, I, I, I've got some of those songs, too, on my radar. Uh, old Mandy. You came and you gave without taking. Uh, Renee and I have a song. I don't know if I should tell you this. It's called Fire by the Pointer Sisters. Oh, Romeo and Juliet. That one? That's our song. When it comes on, that takes me right back to the Falcon. We're right there driving, dating. Why are you saying that, Brother Greg? Because at one point, we thought those songs would never get old, but somehow they did. Let me tell you something about the bread of life. Those songs never get old. Let me name a couple of them to you. On a hill far away stood an Oregon cross. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And you know, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Amen? Why? Because the bread of life never gets old. And I close with this. I close with this. Listen to this promise. Verse 36. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the ones who come to me I will by no means cast out. For I have not come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of the Father who sent me, that all he has given me I should lose nothing. Let me tell you what that means to me. That means that God will not lose you. When you give your life to Jesus, but should raise it up at the last day. Verse 40, and this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. That's the promise of God. Number six, our assurance is in Christ alone. We've already sung about it. That's going to be our hymn of invitation. In Christ alone. I close with a story. Uh, Friday, I had the privilege to preach a funeral for Dick Grant's sister-in-law in Columbus, Linda Grant. Some of you may have met her from time to time. And in her obituary, Linda, she worked at uh, some Catholic schools most of her life in Dayton and Cincinnati. 
And one of the things that stuck out about her life was she was a uh, primitive doll creator. So she created dolls and sewed them together. And that, that picture reminded me of a song that I'd heard years ago by a group called The Tallies. And it begins by talking about a girl named Maggie who found a raggedy, raggedy Ann in a garbage can. She was so proud as she got home and brought that doll to mom and said, look what I found. Had a missing arm and a one eye. She was so proud of that. And then the lyric says, it seemed like she was drawn to the broken ones. The broken ones. You know what? We're all broken. And only Jesus can fix you. Anybody want to say amen to that? Only Jesus. Brother Greg, how can you know that and how can you say that? Well, first of all, I believe the Bible. And in this Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby you must be saved, where you can be saved. Jesus. Jesus. And I believe every Christian this morning ought to leave this service saying, Praise God for the cross. But maybe you're here and you could say, Preacher, I don't know why God brought me here this morning, but you're telling me I'm broken. I'm telling you you're broken if you don't know Christ. Now listen, I'm not saying when you become a Christian you're perfect. I'm, t- I'm telling you Jesus is. Your righteousness is in Christ. But we're going to mess up. We're going to say things we shouldn't. We're going to look at things we shouldn't. We're going to think things we shouldn't. But Jesus is faithful and Jesus is true. And if I read this correctly, if our assurance is in Christ alone, this is the will of the Father who sent me that all of his he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up on the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life. Do you want to live forever? You can. Heaven can become your home. Why not? Why not today? Father, have your way. Thank you for loving us. Speak to us now as we invite for a response. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand together. This is going to be the song that we sing. We sang it a little earlier in the service. Our assurance is in Christ alone. Amen? Now, here it is. If you're here and you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, in a minute, I'm going to lead in a prayer right from the floor. I'm going to invite you to come. Say, Brother Greg, I want to be part of that. I want to receive Christ. And today, your life can be forever changed. It can be forever changed. You know, I've heard it said in the life of our church that when a couple adopts, They bring in those who become part of their forever family. That's what happens in Christ, the family of God.
If you want Jesus to save you today, you're unsure about your salvation, come on. Christian, if you want to come pray, whatever God wants to do, let's let him have his way. Amen? Sing. Christ alone, I place my trust and find my glory in the power of the cross. In every victory, let it be said of me, my source of strength, my source of one more time and I want to belt it out okay and this is gonna be the anthem of my life uh, my glory is in Christ his glory that the light may shine on him for what he's done amen so uh, let's sing it and let's all you've got you ready great in Christ alone amen. I place my trust right everybody good amen want you be seated just for a minute can I have somebody's bulletin yeah, thank you I want you to take your bulletin and you might see an insert okay um, we uh, we are really excited about this 70th thing coming up and you know that we're working on an in-house directory and we have discovered a few things number one is they're not going to be cheap to print and probably not everyone in the church will need to take advantage of a hard print copy but many will so so hear me out and listen this is not question and answer time but this is something to kind of give you a heads up okay that we literally have an active app that is up and running. Um, we just haven't promoted it to you yet because we, we, we weren't really ready, but some folks have it. Some, some folks like Marsha, stand up. This is Marsha's phone, and then, see it? There's her icons, and there is a little app from Instant Church. Have your picture taken. But I want to tell you, it is a simple process. One way you can do that is by just taking your own picture and sending it to Judy in the church email, FSB office. Or you can hang around after this service and I'll take your picture right now today. Okay? 
be like John Rust was in the first service. Well, I'm not getting my picture taken. I said, get up here. You're getting a picture taken. Okay? Um, so Marsha's got it. I've got it on my phone. And, uh, but we recognize not everybody has a smartphone. A smartphone is just means you can get online. Okay? Uh, don't want to give away my password to you there. Uh, my icon. Look here. Watch this. It's right here. There it is. There are the A's. There's a, a directory ABC up top. I can pick what uh, letter I want to go to. Boom, you're there. So if you've had your picture taken and Judy has your email address, that is a key component to use the digital directory, a live email address. Okay? If you have not, a bunch of you already emailed those to her through the prayer chain. Thank you. But if you have not given her an active email address and you plan on using this on your phone or online, Here's what you need to do. Take this sheet out, fill out your information, tear it off, drop it in the offering plate, and she will update that tomorrow, okay? Then you can create your sign-on if you want to use digital. What do we do? Your email address is your username, and you create your own password. That's how you get in, and other people don't. Make sense? What about those of us, Brother Greg? You know, if, I, if my mom was sitting here, she'd say, we don't use that. You know, give me an old book. Give me a copy. Okay, we want to do that. But what we're going to do before we take that to print is we're going to have an idea about how many people want one. Because Renee and I won't use one. We will use our phones. I'll be out somewhere, and I'll say, hmm, let's build children's this. I'll go to that site. Boom, boom, boom. There it is. Okay? So it's a great tool. If you don't have that tool, we're going to give you a hard copy or make one available for you. Uh, but we don't want a bunch of blank pages with people's names and no picture. Because the way this is set up, there's, it says no picture next to your name. Marcia said this is a good place to get addresses and phone numbers when you're looking up church family. Okay? For instance, Coaston and Kay. I didn't see your picture. Are you in there? Did you send one in, Kay? Okay. All right. Double check that, Judy. It's all back on me now. It's back on me. Hey, hey, here's what happens. You can also, on, on the app or online, when you get in, you can also edit your own information. Say, say we want a different picture or we have a new phone number or we've moved. You edit your own information and save it, and a message is automatically sent to our administrator, Judy, who gets your information that it's been updated and she gives it like a confirm. Pretty simple stuff, okay? So help us uh, get your picture taken uh, or an email address if, you're going, if you plan on using it digitally. Make sure that address is given to the office. She'll get it in for you, okay? Ron uh, Simmons, before the service today, was telling me how he had a hard time getting on and stuff. I said, Ron, we haven't even unveiled it yet. You're way ahead of the game. You know, and, and then, of course, Joe Kramer said, does that mean we've already been hacked? <laughs> Joe, appreciate that being the last thing I heard before I came to preach. Anyway, that's it, okay? Is that fairly close to yeah. info? Okay. And we'll help you. If you have a question, just call the office, and she'll walk you through it, okay? All right, let's stand. Been a good day, amen? amen. Been a good day. So, Lord, 
thank you for loving us. Thank you for grace and mercy. Help us to show it to others this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. If you'd like to give, you'll see the uh, offering boxes at the back. Thank you so much. What a privilege to be back here at the National Quartet Convention. We sang this song Monday night, and uh, I wanted to sing it again tonight because it has such a unique message. It speaks about God's love for broken people in a hurting world. Listen carefully to the message of the broken ones.